श्रीराघवम दशरथात्मजमे सीतापति Chapter 6 Part 1 The Call and the First Victory During those days in the region east of Ayodhya the royal city the sage Vishwamitra was engaged in rigorous ascetism He resolved upon a holy rite known as yajna but however often he inaugurated it the demons desecrated the rite and fouled its sanctity they showered pieces of flesh on the sacred area and made it unfit for such vedic ceremonies in many other ways too they cast obstacles and halted the holy mission vishwamitra was at his wits end he went to the capital city of the empire ayodhya to meet the ruler himself when reports arrived of the coming of the sage the king sent his ministers to bring him with due honors into the palace they welcomed him at the city gate and accompanied him right up to the palace door at the palace brahmins recited vedic hymns while dasharatha washed his feet and as lay down in the sacred texts and as is the customary in receptions of sages he sprinkled upon his own head drops of the water so sanctified vishwamitra was led into the inner apartments and seated on a high chair with the members of the royal court standing reverently round him this is indeed a great day exclaimed dasharatha he expressed his joy at the unexpected arrival of the holy personage and the opportunity he gained to serve and honor him vishwamitra directed the king and the ministers to sit and they obeyed 
The sage graciously inquired about the health and the welfare of the king and royal family and about the peace and prosperity of the kingdom. He asked him whether his reign was marked by strength and security and whether his government was ensuring the continued progress of his subjects. Dasharatha replied that as a result of the grace of God and the blessings of saints and sages, his subjects were dutifully and gladly engaged in their several tasks without fear of failure and that the administration had before it the steady promotion of the welfare of the people. He said that his government was serving the people in many ways to promote and preserve their happiness and security. Dasharatha yearned to know the reason for the sage's arrival. He assured him that he was ever ready to fulfill his least desire. He declared with great devotion that he will discharge earnestly any duty that the sage may cast on him. He was only waiting to know what he could do for him. Vishwamitra nodded his head in approval. He turned towards Dasharatha and said, I shall not declare now before you that you are a very righteous ruler, that you revere guests and supplicants and that you are the embodiment of faith and devotion. The fact that the empire is happy under your rule is enough evidence of this. The welfare of the subjects depends on the character of the rulers. People will have peace or will suffer anxiety when the rulers are either good or bad. Wherever I have inquired, I am told it is only in Ayodhya that we have a people full of love and loyalty to the sovereign and a sovereign full of affection and regard to his people. In every nook and corner of your kingdom, I hear this heartening news. Therefore, I know that your words come straight from the heart. I have not the least doubt. You will not deviate from your promise. You will adhere to the word once given. These words of this sage moved Dasharatha deeply. Great men will engage themselves only in activities that help the world. And whatever they do, they will not stray from the injunctions of the scriptures. There must be a good reason for whatever they contemplate. They are prompted by the divine will in every act of theirs. So, I am ever willing with all the resources at my command to serve you and fulfill your slightest wish. He replied, Dasharatha vowed again and again that he would carry out the sage's command. This made the sage very glad. Yes, as you said, we do not emerge from our hermitages without reason. I have come to you on a high purpose. Listening to your enthusiastic response, I am doubly happy. I am filled with joy that my errand has borne fruit. You will stand by your promise, will you not? Asked Vishwamitra. Dasharatha replied without delay. Master, you should perhaps ask others such a question. But Dasharatha is not the person to break the word. He will give up his life rather than bring dishonor on himself, going back on his promise. What greater treasure can a monarch have than morality and integrity? They alone stand by him as sources of strength while discharging his manifold responsibilities. If these two are lost, the kingdom becomes a mansion without light, 
a wilderness beset with epish vagaries and factional fights it will be torn by anarchy and terror in the end the king will meet with disaster i am certain that such a calamity can never overwhelm my dynasty for ages to come therefore without entertaining any shadow of doubt tell me the mission that brought you to ayodhya and accept the service that this devoted servant is ready to offer vishwamitra said no no i had no doubt in my mind i simply uttered those words in order to hear this assertion of your steady adherence to truth i know that the ikshwaku rulers are intensely wedded to the duty of fulfilling the spoken word well i require from you only one thing now it is neither wealth nor vehicles neither cows nor gold nor regiments nor attendants i need only two of your sons rama and lakshmana to accompany me what do you say to this the sage asked at this dasharatha lost balance he fell back and could not recover soon regaining his composure after some time he gasped for courage to utter a few words he said master of what use will those boys be for you the mission on which you intend to take those boys can be better fulfilled by me don't you think so give me the chance let me make my life worthwhile tell me what it is i shall derive joy therefrom the sage replied my firm belief is that the task which these boys can fulfill can be undertaken by no one else they alone can accomplish this task neither your millions nor even you can carry it out boys such as these have not been born before nor will such be born again this is my conviction listen i have resolved upon the performance of a celebrated yajna sacrificial rite but as soon as i enter upon its preliminaries evil spirits and demons assemble from nowhere and cause sacrilegious obstruction they cause interruptions and pile hindrances i warn these boys to ward off those demons and save the yajna from these abominations so that i can bring it to a successful conclusion this is my purpose my desire what do you say now asked vishwamitra in a serious voice the king replied master these tender little boys how can they perform such a tremendous task i am here most willing and most ready i shall come with my charioteer infantry cavalry and elephantry and guard the area of the sacrifice and your hermitage i shall see that the yajna is conducted with full success without the least interruption i have some experience in fighting against these demoniac forces since as you know i fought for the gods against them and brought them victory i can do it quite easily i shall make arrangements to accompany you even now permit me to do so he appealed hearing these words the sage said o king 
I am not satisfied in spite of all that you say. I assert once again, you cannot accomplish this assignment. Can you not realize that it is beyond even me who is acclaimed as well nigh omnipotent and omniscient? How can then you take up this task and succeed? You consider these boys just ordinary children? This is a mistake resulting from the affection you have as a father. I know full well that they are the divine might itself in human form. Do not hesitate. Keep your word so solemnly given and send them this very moment with me or else accept that you are not true to your word. I shall depart. Do either of these quickly. This is no occasion for wavering and delay. The king was frightened by the sharpness of the sage's voice. He was overwhelmed by fear. In despair, Dasharatha wanted that his preceptor be invited to court. Vasishta came in, and on seeing Vishwamitra, they exchanged smiles and words of mutual respect. Vasishta heard from the king an account of all that had happened. Of course, Vasishta knew quite well. the divine reality of the boys so he decided to advise the king not to have the least worry but entrust the boys gladly to the loving custody of the sage dasharatha pleaded that the boys were not keeping good health for some months and that they did not have even the physical stamina to engage in battle with the demons we are concerned since long about their health and now this demand for them has come like a jab on a painful sore my mind does not agree in the least to send them forth to encounter the demons i shall guard my children even at the risk of my own life lamented the king vishwamitra intervened and said king why do you foolishly lament in this manner you should have desisted from making promises which you could not fulfill it is an act of dark sin when a ruler makes a promise without considering the pros and cons and then when he is asked to execute it to delay retract and even to go counter to the promise this is most unworthy of kings like you i spurn the help you offer sorrowfully help rendered however small if it comes from the deeper urges of service welling in the heart is as good as the offer of life itself half-hearted and hesitating help however great is deplorable i have no desire to cause pain and extract help from you well be happy with yourself and your sin i am living vishwamitra rose and attempted to move off the king fell at his feet and prayed for more light and more time He asked that he may be taught his duty. He pleaded with the sage to convince him of the fairness of his demand so that he could fulfill his plan. At this, Vasishta called Dasharatha to his side and counseled him. He said, "King, you are coming in the way of an imminent cosmic revelation, a mighty fulfillment. Since your heart is affected by parental affection, the truth is real before you your sons will come to no harm 
No, never. There is no height of heroism that is beyond them. Formidable divine forces have taken these human forms for the very purpose of destroying demons and demoniac powers. So, without further delay, send for the boys. You should not calculate now their physical strength or the measure of their intelligence. Calculate rather the divine that is bubbling up from them every minute of their lives. There is no strength which can stand up to that. Remember. After some more advice on these lines, Vasishtha sent for the princess Rama and Lakshmana. As soon as they heard that the sages Vishwamitra and Vasishtha wanted them, both of them rushed along and entering the hall, bowed in reverence. First, they fell at the feet of the father, then at the feet of Vasishtha, the family preceptor, and next at the feet of Vishwamitra. With a smile playing on his lips, Vishwamitra addressed the boys when they rose and stood reverently on one side. He said, "Boys, will you come with me?" The boys were elated at the prospect. On hearing this, Dasharatha was further disheartened. His face turned pale. Rama saw his father sorrowing over his approval. He approached him softly and said, "Father, why are you sad when I am going with the great sage? Is there any better way of utilizing this body than putting it at the service of others? This body has been given to us for that very purpose and to share in the holy tasks of ascetics and to be able to grant them some relief from harassment. Is this not high use? There is nothing impossible for us." is there we will destroy the demons however fierce they may be and bring peace to the sages if permitted we are ready to start off this very minute these words charged with courage served to reduce to some extent the anxiety of dasharatha but the king was still struggling he could not decide what to say he drew rama to himself and told him son The rakshasas are no ordinary foes. Reports say that among them are Sunda, Upasunda, Marija, Subahu, etc. These are atrociously cruel. Their physical appearance is indescribably horrid. You have had no occasion yet to look upon such terrifying forms. I cannot contemplate the moment when you come face to face with them. How can you battle with those tricksters who are adepts at camouflage and physical transformations? You have not so far heard even the word battle, nor have you seen actual combat on the field, and you are now suddenly called to fight such formidable force. Alas, destiny is indeed very cruel. Alas, have my sons to face on the very threshold of their lives. this monstrous ordeal with these thoughts revolving in his mind dasharatha shed profuse tears out of the anguish in his heart lakshmana noticed his father's mental weakness he said father why these tears we are not timid girls the battlefield 
is our legitimate arena war is our rightful duty the safeguarding of righteousness is our genuine responsibility the service of sages and the maintenance of moral codes are our very breath i am surprised that you are sad that we go on such a glorious errand the world will laugh at you for this display of weakness send us with your love and blessings i too will accompany my brother and return with the glory of victory rama saw his father overpowered by affection for him he moved towards the throne and held his hand lovingly he said father it appears you have forgotten who you are bring into your memory who you are in which royal family immortalized by which forefathers you were born and how much fame they have attained then you will not weep as you are doing now you took birth in the ikshwaku dynasty till this day you have spent your years as the very embodiment of dharma the three worlds have acclaimed you as the dutiful observer of vows as the guardian and practitioner of dharma and as the most redoubtable hero on the battlefield as well as elsewhere you are aware that there is no greater sin than retracting the word once given going back on the word that you have given to the sage will tarnish your fair fame your sons cannot tolerate this ill fame when you cannot act according to your word you can have no share in the merit of the sacrifices performed by you or even of the beneficial acts done by you like digging wells and planting trees why dilate we your sons feel that this is a mark of disgrace for which we have to bend our heads even to listen to the talk that dasharatha broke his plighted word this is an indelible blot on the reputation of the dynasty itself your affection for your sons is blind it is not based on discrimination it will bring on us punishment not protection if really you are moved by affection towards us you should pay attention to the promotion of our fame shouldn't you of course we are in no position to advise you you know all this your affection has drawn you into this miasma of ignorance it has made it difficult for you to recognize your duty as for us we have not the slightest shred of fear the bride of victory will certainly espouse us do not hesitate bless us and entrust us to the sage rama pleaded thus and bending his head low he touched the feet of his father end of part 1 chapter 6 sairam
छवि अति सुंदर करुणा स्वरूप श्रीराम निर्मल स्वभाव करुणा स्वरूप निर्मल स्वभाव भक्तों के प्राण गुणशील नीरज नैरा श्यामल छवि अति सुंदर रविकुल मंडन दशरथ नंदन मुनि मनोरंजना नयन जिनकी कृपा ने आखर बिखारे एक ही बाण ने दुष्ट समारे Oh uh-huh. 
महिमा 